Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks. The Heralds have teleported to Neverwinter. They've been taken there by a former professor of Jonathan's and are planning on attending an opera performance. However, this is more than just a night under the town. The group are making plans to lure a fiend to a location where they can destroy it, hopefully ending its threats, so they can return to the task of destroying Travancore's amulet. Many powerful professors at the Neverwinter Academy are attending opening night at the opera, and a little schmoozing might go a long way to convincing some of them to help. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren. You might know me as Oboe or a character on another show where Tim the Guard is now dead. I am drinking. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not my fault. I wasn't even there. <laughs> I guess it's all right, but yeah, because it's not me. It's some other guy, but, but he's still. A, he's, he's a random garden rexing trim nobody cares anyway i'm i'm just drinking some cranberry juice because i i have other work i have to do after this and so i'm enjoying a, a very tall glass of cranberry juice and i am i am happy uh it's in this lovely it, i just love big giant steins full of full of i love big steins juice. and i cannot lie i love big steins i cannot lie those other glassware can't deny this is the rest of our game jonathan what are you drinking Hey, this is Tim the Guard. I, so, <laughs> you know, the, the alive I'm sorry, one. Tim the Guard. Tim yeah, the guard I'm just a red German. guard from 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 uh, from Greenus. So hope nothing bad happens to me. But this is also just do not go to Rexentrum. Do not end up. Yeah, sad, sad no, wait, I, just, I don't want. Just... I don't want none of that planer shit. Uh, but this is also Jonathan, the actual player. And I play Jonathan the Magimuscular normally. And I just got here after a really long day at work. So I've got a truly. I just opened that up, and tonight's uh, swig of Fireball uh, is oh. going to be dedicated to Tim the Other Guard from <laughs> Rexham Trump. Yeah, and his uh, his collection of toy soldiers, and his uh, you know his kind of crappy four hundred one k that you know he, he did. he's never going to get because he was an intern. The matching wasn't great, but he was paying into it like a responsible adult. So yeah, for Tim, for Tim on Beyond Heroes, pour one out. We we will miss you. <laughs> Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is Dragon's Milk, bourbon barrel aged stout. 11% AVV, so one bottle will be enough for me tonight. Oh, uh, yes. Probably uh, brewed in Holland, Michigan. And the only reason I bring that up is because I was looking at the map the other day, and apparently if you take the Delmarva Peninsula and you flip it upside down, it looks like Denmark. So I started calling the Delmarva Peninsula ups- upside down mark. <laughs> I just love how we got that. <laughs> Half the fun was the journey. Absolutely. I just, I'm sorry. I love it so much because I lived so long in this world where people were like, you are on a train from point A to point B, but we're sitting over here at D. And I'd like to know how your brain got there. And it's nice that I grew up and made friends with people who were apparently riding the same train as me. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of riding the same train, Bernie, what are you drinking? Hi, friends. I've had a bad day, too. 
No, it wasn't bad. It was just stressful. And I will admit to the fact that I'm one of those people where, like, when shit's on the wire, I do very well. And I love it so goddamn much. But there's, like, one little grain of sand that's been kind of digging, 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 if you know what I mean. And that grain of sand is a human being. So we'll leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm drinking wine. I started drinking wine when I got home. It's 8.52. I'll let you do the math. <laughs> we went to the Lickbow and got ourselves uh, some Ravenswood Zinfandel, which I like. And if you have opinions on wine, that's wonderful. I don't. Um, <laughs> Did you have an opinion that the wine in your glass right now is delicious? It's good. It's a standardly good wine. However, if you are Canadian... Here's the thing. I generally have opinions on beer, not so much on wine, more of like, I like it. I don't like it. If you are Canadian and you have a wine from a winery in Canada that you love, I don't want to hear you talk shit about someone. I don't have time for that on my social medias. You got wine you like that's from Canada. I will buy that wine. I will drink that wine. I will tell you whether I like it or not pretty honestly, but I will support the local growers. So tweet at me. This is the first time I've ever asked anybody to do that. Please don't abuse this. G-I-U-L-I-A underscore R-O-S-S-A. There's an at symbol in front of that one. I would like to know if you are Canadian, the wine you love. If you live in like upstate New York or Pennsylvania as well, I'm pretty sure it's pretty easy to access y'all's wine. I'm in Ontario, so if you're out in BC, it's going to be like a little harder. But if you've got a winery that you absolutely adore and you think we can find them in the local LCBO, let me know about it. I would be glad, as long as the bottle isn't like, you know, 50 bucks, I'd be glad to go out and give it a try um, because I like to support local. I love it. And maybe he'll also give out his Twitter and and try to get some information from the social medias. Carlton, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm a little under the weather, so I have a hot uh, cup of pomegranate green tea with honey. And I'm drinking out of my mug that says hubby that friend of the show uh, Carly got me as a registry gift. I love it. That's adorable. You can guess what my wife's uh, mug says. Wifey? Exactly. Says wifey. You guys are so cute and I love yeah. you. Very on brand for Carly. They, oh, yeah. They do. Do they stack on top they of They do. Each? Okay. Those look like the kind of mugs that just stack until you have like 12. Okay. I mean, if you want to know how cute we is. You is I mean, very cute. Look at that, back, look at that background. Oh. I can only kind of have, half see it because of the zoom. There we go. Yeah. Oh, there we go. There yeah. we go. Oh, hey. Oh, I love this. I will you're admit adorable. at your, the photo booth you guys had at your wedding was just. Top notch. My God, so fun. Super, super awesome. We're like, holy shit, having fun and quirky things at weddings is such a great time for your guests. I really liked the lighting. Let's combine the the photo booth and the fun and quirky. I have no transition. You're going to the opera. Yay! I had asked the last time we played for all of you to ponder what your characters would be wearing as you attended the opera tonight. And so, magically, we have been transported to the evening as earlier on this afternoon you had all been teleported to Neverwinter and sent off to go get yourselves dressed for the opera. We are standing, or the camera I'm going to say, the camera is in front of the Royal Neverwinter Theater, which is a grand multi-story building in very ostentatious red brick, which is something you don't quite find a lot here, especially far north. And the ornate 
stretch carriage that comes rolling up to the front of the opera house, drawn by uh, just impressive steeds and manned by uh, a gentleman in a spectacular three-piece suit, tucks tails and hat in the whole nine yards, leaps out of the front of driving the carriage, comes around and opens up the door for all of you. You have left Unless you're going to tell me otherwise, you've left your animal companions behind in the comfortable accommodations at the Neverwinter Academy, and you are all dressed for the opera in this carriage with Professor Hollywood, who is your entertainment for the evening. She has set aside a box for all of you. And one by one, as you exit this carriage, let's go, let's let's start with Bernie. No, she's going last. She gets out last. Okay, who would like to go first then? Yo. All right, Travancore, I would like for you to describe in excruciating detail, what are you wearing to the opera? Well, Travancore is wearing something that, you know, we in the our world would recognize as traditional Indian garb, at least from the neck down. Uh, it's uh, sort of gold in color, uh, very shiny, resplendent with a very ornate, like uh, like seal the Kingdom of Burkhanam actually sewed into his uh, his chest, and then buttons that are they're black. And because his culture is also inspired by Philadelphia, he's wearing a solid black baseball cap with the words John J A W N written upon him, also in black writing. <laughs> Wait, what so, does? So it's a black on black cap. Yes, those are yes. those are the, those are uh, are trendy as is fuck. Is it shiny black on black matte? Is that yeah, Luke actually has a whole bunch of black on black, and where the, the the symbol is, he got them from Wizards of the Coast. They're the yeah, ampersand. I'll say there's some shine just because like uh, it is going with a very nice like high formal Indian wear, and he has like a like a kind of scarf like kind of draped around him, but like not like around his neck, but like draping like halfway down his chest like that, and that one's black to match the hat. Awesome. You get out first. Professor Wood is standing there uh, waiting for you. She hasn't taken the same carriage. She's come separately. And she uh, is in this spectacular black floor-length gown uh, with sleeves that actually continue into uh, half gloves in her hands. So only the fingers are are showing. And has this grayish-white stall that's wrapped halfway around her shoulders and in these boots that you can't quite see because of how how long the dress is but she was a tall woman before when you met her and they must have a heel of several inches because she is quite a bit taller than you now and she actually extends her hand to 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 be the the help out of the carriage but you know that's that more gracious on um, being polite not that you actually need the help uh helps you out admires your outfit as she then lets you walk on in who would like to be next uh, i guess uh carlton will follow in professor wood uh he's sitting in the thing so it's like he kind of like cu- starts coming out and what you see is like your standard black velvet tuxedo double breast black bow tie the white cuffs are a little bit flirted out, but then as he continues to exit the carriage, you notice that it's not pants, but a full-on black velvet tuxedo gown from the Billy Porter collection. Yes! yes. And as he comes out, he kind of, like, gives it a little twirl so it fans out. Yes! Uh, what kind of shoes are you wearing? Uh, they are black leather, kind of like the like the pointed V with a blunted top. Nice. And uh, hat or no hat? No hat. 
Do you have a, a black on black ball cap as well? <laughs> Travis No, uh, the hair is styled, uh, so it's like nice and groomed and. You know, he's not unkempt as he normally is. Nice. Yeah. Professor Wood escorts you out as well. You both take a moment and she pulls up her dress to show off her shoes and wants to see what shoes you're wearing. Because uh, sometimes that's what people want is, is if you're wearing a gown, they want to know what shoes you're wearing. And she admires your ensemble as you walk on in. Uh, since Bernie wanted to be last, Jonathan, I guess you're next. What are you wearing? So as Jonathan the Muscular uh, steps out of the, the carriage... I want you to think in your mind of the, just as a base, the dress robes from Harry Potter and not the Ron Weasley one, the the actual one that's like, that almost looks like a tux, but just lengthened uh, to be, to be robes and such. The difference though is the color. He's still got a, a white shirt and a white scarf, uh, like one of those thin, uh, thinner white dress scarves, but the dress robes are a deep purple and they the accent uh there it's sort of like a like i said it's sort of like a double-breasted tuxedo but but just longer and the accents of the robes uh like the the trim are a lighter a bit lighter purple and his tie is that deep purple as well and it's a, instead of a bow tie it's like a a a Windsor knot tux tie, or however, whatever knot you use for a uh, for a uh, for a tux tie, it's it's got one of those. And he gets out, and he's to like his head had probably been getting a little a little long, kind of like mine is now, but it's it's freshly shaved, and uh, his beard is uh, instead of the normal scruff that he has, he actually he actually had been growing it out a bit, so it's now a a nice trimmed goatee. I just realized all of the men in this party, both in the real people and the characters, are are now bearded. Huh? Oh, I had to ask. Sleeves or no sleeves? Oh, yeah. Oddly enough, sleeves. Whoa! Now, okay, so now I have to ask. Sleeves because of the weather or sleeves because of the formality or sleeves for another reason? The first two. It's it's a bit cold and um, and he felt like, like he... If he had more time, he would have come up with a more traditional but yet sleeveless idea. But since it was like off the shelf kind of stuff, he went for the best color that he could. And I will say the tailor that you were sent to, despite the fact that you only had a couple of hours to dress all of you, has managed to not only fulfill all of your requests, but they are immaculately tailored. So despite the fact that Jonathan is wearing wizard's robes. The sleeves and arms are so perfectly fit to his form that it is practically sleeveless when it comes to showing off his muscles and yet still perfectly tailored. Oh, and uh, and and just the uh, the shiniest black riding boots that that he that he's wearing. Just just sharp sharp riding boots. Oh, yes. And Professor Wood also graciously assists you out of the carriage, gives you a, a warm nod and it squeezes your hand a little bit as you walk on in. And finally, oh, uh, can I uh, one more? Uh, so absolutely. this was a uh, this was a formality in the Neverwinter uh, uh, Academy. And uh, it's a little Durstrangish, But as uh, as Jonathan, the Magimuscular addresses Professor Wood, he clicks his heels together, uh, bows a bit and kisses her hand. 
And she responds in the with the like she stands up a little bit straighter. And there's this moment in where her face goes from this natural, smiling, friendly to kind of that that stern professor look that most of the professors have when they're being greeted professionally. Uh, and she acknowledges you as you walk on in. And then Bernie, in epic fashion, is last. In epic fashion is last. Bernie is uh, stepping out. I'm sorry. I had the picture. Uh, some of you will need to go to your Google for this one. Okay. But because... I trust you to give for our audio listeners at home. <laughs> uh, because Bernie <laughs> is wearing an evening dress that says, all I have to do is get from this carriage to that warm opera house. Fuck if I care how cold it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So her dress is a la Madame Grey. If you don't know who that is, that's cool. That's fine. But if you Google her, you will realize that a great deal of the evening wear that you've seen is uh, can be traced back to this woman's aesthetic. It is a lot of silk jersey done in, I think you'd probably call it pleating, but I can't even like begin. So what she is wearing is a strapless empire-waisted dress that has just teeny, 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 tiny pleats creating some of the most amazing texture that looks like it's woven over itself. And then, of course, it's Empire Oasis, so it's completely and utterly, like, you know, flattering on everyone. And over mm-hmm. top that, she is wearing a cape that falls all the way to the floor. But the cape doesn't keep you warm. It's a fashion item. It is utterly sheer and it just fastens so so ever so smallly at her neck and just opens up and provides a wonderful drape now the photo i sent you guys everything is cream but the dress she is wearing is like a really really like deep deep green so green that it's almost black And her hair, for a change, is down. And um, I don't know about you guys, but I have been reading a lot of Laura Olympus. And there's a really, really, in one of the, I don't know, one of the the recent editions, there's a wonderful, wonderful drawing of a character who has her hair pulled back in combs from her face. And the combs have little spikes that come out and create a crown, a little corona, if you will. And... uh, that's what she's wearing. She's also wearing heels for a change because she wanted a little bit of length. So that makes this dress all the more impressive when you remember that she's a gnome. And the tailor that made this sewed all these teeny tiny pleats on gnome scale. Yep. Two quick questions. One, is the cape the same color as the dress or is it a different color? The cape is the same color, but it's a, it's sheer. So you can see it and it just falls like all jersey fabrics. This drapes incredibly well. Most, a lot of people assume an ampere waist dress is like flowy out, but this, this kind of slinks and swishes very close to the body. And hood or no hood? Uh, you know what? No hood, she doesn't need one, because otherwise it would get caught on the little combs, and then where would we be? That is true. That is very true. Professor Wood graciously escorts you as well out of the carriage. Oh, but she is wearing her religious symbol as a necklace. I just want to throw that out there in case that comes up later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. As all good wizard robes, there are are hidden pockets for, for any spell components that one might need. 
Why do you think I have this big ass gown to hide things under? <laughs> I feel like can we can we go you ahead and, and say that the gown that um that Carlton Ooh, ooh, hold on. I have for you oh shit. I have for you all, and I'll try very hard to make sure I post this when this episode comes out. I have for you all the full dress right here that you can see. It's pretty fancy. And, and now then I gotta ask Travancore, what weapons do you have hidden on you? <laughs> Uh, let's see. So probably I managed to, uh, to finagle, um, you know, my, uh, my bow, Isselgall, and, um, and Mortimer is back there too. And I don't know if this is possible or not, but maybe I had the lamp, lantern of revealing somehow. So wait, are you just walking in carrying your bow and Mortimer? Well, I'm thinking like, bow is like, if I can walk with it, like, uh, like behind my back a little bit, like trying to think how, how that would work. If I, if I also bought a kit. A cape after the fact. I mean, maybe if you kept, like, the string and used it as, like, a cane. Oh, I just assumed we were just hiding all of the weapons under Carlton's dress. <laughs> I mean, there, there is room for a, for a bag <laughs> like, of holding under like there. you guys yeah. have seen the yeah, I mean, they, they all could be in the bag of holding between my legs. I'm changing my answer to the thing that, that she said. You guys have seen the, um, the, I mean, I know Lauren has because she's played the Nutcracker. The version of the Nutcracker, uh, where it's the, um, person in drag on stilts and they come out and they have this massive dress and all the little chill, it's like the mother and all the little children come out and like do a little dance. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, like in, it's like uh, that. yeah, yeah. I also, I am not trying to in any way equate with Billy Porter is doing to drag, just to let you guys know. This, what Billy Porter is doing is complete fashion. This is just, how we hide things under the dress is the equivalent of having space under a dress to put God knows what. Because if you're wearing hoop skirts, you but we're also lots not saying that dra- we're also saying drag's not fashion. We're just saying they're two different types of fashion. Saying two different types of things. Billy Porter is doing something that is is reminding Amazing. us that no matter how you gender identify, you are allowed to wear dresses. Drag is its own wonderful, beautiful thing, but you don't get to negatively equate the two. Neither are negative. As a matter of of not just propriety, but also of ease of dress, because it doesn't matter how big your amazing Billy Porter ensemble is, there is only so much you can hide under it. The idea of you having the bag of holding and having most of your stuff, like, it, that would vary. In fact, the bag of holding, you could have at your side as a bag. Like, oh, and as you, then yeah. There's there's no prohibition against weapons in the the opera house. It's more of the formality of you shouldn't show up in armor. You shouldn't show up with a variety of weapons on you. Like your great sword would probably be would mm. I have had time with the art like with the dressmaker and all the gown makers to also go into a leather worker to make like a bag for the bag. So like it's got like a really nice leather outer coating. But like sure. you open it up and the bag of holdings in there, but like now it's not just like the standard looking bag of holding, but now it's like a nice like leather seven foot Carlson half work style clutch. Sure, absolutely. Accessories, I'm into it. Yes, done. We now have a leather bag of holding, leather bag of holding, bag of holding. Uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I will say you can you can absolutely put into the bag of holding any armors or weapons you want in there. Jonathan, if you would like to have your spell book on you, there would be places to hide that. Uh, Travancore, I'm going to say the bow is going to be hard. However, Mortimer, 
you've done a lot of improvements to Mortimer, and Mortimer is a very distinguished-looking weapon. And because it is a a saber-type weapon, not something quite so uh, brutal-looking, if you did want to actually wear it, it would be a fashion statement. Kind of like a military-style, like, uh, rapier saber. It would be up to you, though. All right, yeah, I'm going to wear Mortimer with me. I guess I can keep... It's still all in the bag of holding, holding. bag of holding. Yeah, and then worst case scenario, I can turn into a bear now or something, or some sort of animal. So there's that too. D20 Dames is a storytelling podcast powered by D&D. Every other week, a group of adventuring ladies explore a fantasy world, beheading or befriending monsters and punching creeps. (laughs) 19 definitely hits yes our podcast is 100% written produced and played by women are you okay if I'm not actively looking for your siblings but I'm still with you oh yeah yeah it's just companionship I mean I'm not really expecting people to like delve into a dungeon for me or anything but uh I would delve into a dungeon for you Riot and Rose um, yes I was rather mistaken about you. Aww. You don't have to be monstrous to be extraordinary. Hear new episodes every other Tuesday. Subscribe to D20 Dames now on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. I wish you had told me, though, because then I could have given you a gift. Oh, it's a- oh, Carp, you know the only gift I want is your friendship. Misadventure awaits. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Beyond Heroes, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on March 8th at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. I-K-O-N-M-A-W-R-B-I-K-E So use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Okay. You are all escorted into the grand entrance of the Opera House, and Professor Wood is uh, very quick to be greeted by several of the porters here at the Opera House who all recognize her, and you and her are ushered up to the second floor to one of the more private boxes. Uh, It is still early in the evening. The orchestra is still warming up in the pit. Most people haven't even started to sit down yet, so there's time for some drinks, But Professor Wood has very intentionally brought you here so that you can see where you are sitting. Uh, She's taken some time to introduce you to a couple of the ushers so that they know, without you having to fumble with tickets or anything, who you are and where you are supposed to be. And you're given a moment to enjoy the grandeur of this interior opera house, one of the few in the Sword Coast that still operates today, even after the, the stuff that happened in Neverwinter. It is... 
amazing. The stage itself is covered by a curtain, so you can't see any of the set dressings behind it. But Jonathan, you are aware that it is one of the finest acoustic opera houses that is known throughout Faerun. The pit itself is not a covered pit, so you can see about 20 musicians, 20 bards, all on a variety of instruments, uh, some of whom are playing multiple instruments, getting getting ready and quietly warming up. The hall is lit by a variety of magic lanterns all along the walls, mostly in a, in a very warm uh, reddish yellow, something uh, that is evoking the warmth of firelight. And there is... Uh, you're up on the, the second story balcony where most of the boxes are. Below you is the the main seating where people have been filing on in. And above you, there is actually a third floor that overhangs you that Jonathan, you would know, and, and Professor Wood would explain to all of you, is where any of the professionals that are going to be operating some of the apparatus to help with the performance. So anyone who is going to be uh, using magic in order to uh, enhance the sound uh, for lighting and special effects, any of the artificers that are up there who have created something special to go off, that's kind of where they usually hang out. And so not to be concerned if you hear the sound of people moving above you. That that's like the only downside to being in one of these boxes is that you you get this amazing view in this nice private enclosed area, but you're a little closer to where the stagehands are are working. And you do have a tiny bit of time. Professor Woods asks you to be back in the box by the second bell. There'll be a, a bell announcing that the, the show is about to start in about 10 minutes and there'll be a second bell at five minutes because she says that uh, once the performance starts, she's hoping to just before the performance to introduce you to a couple of people. And that's going to happen just before the performance starts. Uh, is there anything in specific you'd like to do? Before you enjoy the first act of the opera. Concessions. Concessions. Bar. Bar. Correct. Absolutely. (laughs) This is going to be good. This is a a very eclectic mix of foods and drinks. The bar itself is extensive. It is expensive. Expensive, And while your opera tickets are paid for, your drinks and food are not. So you will have to pay for that. The food is all, um, there's nothing cooked. It's not a meal. It is all snacks. But it is all high-end stuff. Yes, there is popcorn, but it is not just like popcorn that's been popped. There's like caramel drizzled popcorn with nuts. Rosemary popcorn with Parmesan cheese shredded over the top. Absolutely. I love 100%. that, by the way. Mm. It's, quick and it's quick entrance to my heart. Yeah. There you go. Uh, there is, there's chocolates, but there's not just like a box of bonbons. It is like delicately made, especially for opening night, delicately made, what you see are, uh, they're stylized potion bottles, uh, flat like cookies, but in chocolate. The opera that you're seeing tonight is actually called Potions and Pride. And so you think this must have something to do with that. So a variety of these these potion bottles, you see basically anything you'd like. What, what, what are y'all getting? Do they have like chocolate covered fruit, like raisins and stuff? Raisins. I'm getting there. If you would like raisinets, the the Faerun equivalent, yes, they they and have chocolate covered. I want a regular thing of popcorn. And then when I get back to the booth, when I'm not being judged, I'm pouring the raisinets in and shaking it around. And now I got sweet and salty in one handful. Okay. You've never done that, Jules. I love sweet and salty, but raisins. 
That's a thing. Raisinets. Have you never had raisinets? I pour Reese's Pieces or M&M's into my popcorn. I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> I figured I figured Reese's Pieces would be a little bit of a stretch, but like chocolate-covered dried grapes in medieval fantasy world is a little bit easier to come by. I was just going to say that raisins are grapes that could have been wine, and now they're nothing. Thank you. Also, I would like <laughs> that to was remind both Jack you and that Travancore. the precursor to M&M's comes from Central and South America, where chocolate was very popular. Now, we can talk in depth about the fact that there was probably not that much sugar added, but chocolate's, dark chocolate. been, chocolate's yeah. been around for a minute. Mm. We knew chocolate being chocolate being good. Let me tell you yeah. what. No, I know. Yeah. Preach like, the candy coating and all that. Like <laughs> we would that, like... just have the chocolate. Bernie's actually sitting there while you're buying this with like her like trying not to fuck her makeup up because she really <laughs> ever puts on makeup and she's done it tonight. And let me tell you, it looks good. I don't have to roll for that shit. It just looks good. <laughs> and... Have I asked any of you to roll for any of this tonight? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> and Bernie's just like Carl and raisins. Raisins? You want to try it? You want to try it? Right, Carlin, this is a blasphemy against God. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, distinguished gentleman behind the counter looks at you and says, but not a blasphemy against my wallet. Thank you very much. How could you? <laughs> Jonathan the Magic Mask. I like that this is what broke Bernie. This is what broke Bernie. Bernie broke. Carlton, raisins are the texture of old people's Skin. Have you seen <laughs> old people's skin? What does it look like? It looks like wrinkles. Just wrinkles. Wrinkles are yes, probably I... hard to wash between. And what do raisins look like? Wrinkles. And and my friend here, my friend here has made an excellent point, which is raisins are just grapes that could have been wine, but they're not. And so that is the greatest disappointment of all. I would like a very large glass of red to start, please. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And and Hands over a glass of red. And and sir, yes. Jonathan the Magimuscular would like a whatever drink is in the fanciest glass. And this is never winter, and this is magic. So, like, I mean, the martini glasses are great, but I imagine there are probably, like, fancy martini glasses. And Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to drink something out of one of those. So the fanciest glass that would be there is champagne flutes. They have very elegant, long champagne flutes with the gold around the top trim and the, the delicate little base. And the porter says that they're champagne flutes, but he's happy to put whatever kind of drink you want in the flute. Give me a give me your recommendation on a champagne. And Jonathan the Magimuscular's uh Gold pouch and butthole both pucker when after he says that. <laughs> and then I whisper to Jonathan's ear and I go, you're going to get what's on that toppy, tippy, top, top shelf. I know. I regret everything I just said, but I'm Do trying to be fancy. Do you have enough gold? Is there enough gold for that? I hope so. <laughs> well, you're only getting a glass, I assume. So, yes. But you can, we can uh, do the entire bottle for your, uh, your box if you would like. Um, Sure. <laughs> excellent i'll have this is this is jonathan at the first rvvto he went to i think it was 2008 it was when when, when he met up with one dust and <laughs> ran up a tab because he couldn't say no to things i remember i was there 
You yep. walked in eventually. You found us after we had paid. <laughs> after there's a lot of sitting there looking. I got you of... back in 2012. It's fine. <laughs> Fun fact about the first RVBTO I went to, Steve and I were just starting to date. And somebody there offered to buy me a drink. And I got that person to buy two drinks. And I went over to Steven and I handed him his drink and he said, oh, thank you. And I said, I didn't pay for this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, uh, instead of being jealous or mad, was incredibly proud of me for getting someone to buy us both a drink. Nope, that totally, totally makes sense. Okay. Does anybody else want anything else? Uh, Travancore wants to ask what the like local specialty is in Neverwinter. Different places are known for different kinds of food. So the food here is mostly snackish food. There's not like meal food, but the drinks, what the, the, as, as the porter is getting the, the champagne ready for the room says, well, we've got this excellent champagne that's being ordered, but to be honest, most of the people here are enjoying the, the beer we have of, especially this time of year with it being so cold and and deep into the winter people are looking for something light and uh, there we have a, a hefeweizen on on special i couldn't say that without laughing i don't know why and, <laughs> we and, have a hefeweizen on special and trevancore in his most hoity-toity royal voice says beer us excellent because you have uh, royal weight right the royal wheat. Are, are you ordering around for the for the box as well Yes. Okay. That will all be brought out, both the, the the steins of beer, as well as the champagne, as well as what's left of the bottles, to your room. Uh, if there's any other snacks that you'd like to get. The total for all of this, for an entire bottle of some of the the finest champagne Tucker. that they have. Tucker. For, Wait, Bernie uh, the four... wants snacks. She just, she just had a little freak out. Okay. <laughs> what would, I'm sorry. What would you like? I think she's hoping they have like a little like a, like meat and cheese charcuterie style plate charcuterie and cheese plate. Oh, with absolutely! Some fruit. Yeah, uh, meat, cheese, and fruit of a variety of sorts. The the fruit and the cheese are all uh, and the meat actually all of it is super fresh. There's nothing dried on here. Hmm. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what she's going to get. Okay, the bottle of wine is going to be twenty two gold. <laughs> But it is for the full bottle. The beer is for the the four steins of the really nice Hefeweizen. Those are going to be a gold each. Yeah. And then the variety of other snacks and the fruit and cheese platter is going to be like two gold. Oh, yeah. Burning ponies up. And Jonathan, you are informed as as you all head back to the box and all of this food and drinks are brought to you uh, because this is enough for five. Obviously, it includes Professor Wood. The, uh, you're informed that the bottle is actually one of the, the finest bottles from the Cormier region and is uh, something that he thinks you will enjoy. Thank you. <laughs> Jonathan the Muscular is like really trying to put on the brave. Oh, sure, I can afford this. And has taken taken some major damage to his cold pouch. Wait, are we are we telepathically bonded right now or no? No. 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 Okay. Jonathan, this is exquisite. I've I haven't had this from Cormier for 
ever. You must be doing really well for yourself. Oh, yes. Cheers. I'm doing great. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to all of you. And glasses Jonathan clean. drinks his champagne, his super expensive champagne, as slowly as he can. Bernie raises up her human-sized red wine glass because homegirl understands that she's a gnome. She only needs one. Yep. And she's like, Cheers, can we throw the raisins away now? It was a funny joke, but I mean, no one laughed. But I'm eating them. They're in my popcorn. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Christopher Waterston, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.